Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Monday, the uh, leaders' debate, the English language leaders' debate, and uh, you can hear it right here on CHML beginning at 7 o'clock. Um, and uh, we'll have a bit of a pregame show, I'm sure, before that, and uh, then you can hear the leaders. Uh, and, and Well, is it going to be decisive? Is it going to be something that's going to be a factor in how you make your decision? There is a great piece in the uh, Toronto Star today from our good friend Tim Harper, Are Challengers Up for the Debate? And uh, Tim Harper joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Tim, welcome back to the program. It's been too long. It has been a while, Bill. How are you? Great, thanks. Uh, great to have you back in here. Great to have your piece here in the Star today. Uh, you've been covering these things for the longest time. I don't know how many years you've been on the beat here covering these. Uh, let me ask you, I guess, a more general question, Tim, because you, you gave some great examples in the piece today in the Star. Uh, do these things make a difference? Or, and, and do we as a public, the, the, the debates that is, do we go in there with too high an expectation that we're going to see some of these mo- dramatic moments that just is going to turn a campaign around? Yeah, I think we do, because more often than not, um, they don't really move the dial. Uh, there, you know, that old cliche about the knockout punch, you know, there have been moments, but uh, I think we should retire that cliche, because if you wait for it, you're going to be sorely disappointed uh, more often than not. Um, but, um, you know, looking ahead to Monday, this is a strange campaign in so many ways, as I, I, I'm sure you know, that there doesn't seem to be any movement in the national polls, which means perhaps the voters are still parking their intentions or they haven't really tuned in. And Monday might be the entree into the campaign for millions of Canadians who really haven't been paying that much attention. So I think there is a lot of potential uh, for the dial to be substantially moved after uh, after Monday night. I'll get back to that in a second. I want to talk a little bit about some of the stuff you put in the piece here. And you talked about some of the more poignant moments, uh, including, of course, Jack Layton's uh, uh, evisceration of uh, of Michael Ignatieff. Uh, you know, if if you don't show up for jobs, you don't get the uh, you know you don't get the other job. Uh, which, but and and then of course there's the the, the Brian Mulroney John Turner thing, two of the more famous ones uh, that we've seen in past debates. But is there an argument to be made, Tim, that instead of because I think historically we we'll look back and say, boy, that really swung the election. Did it really? I mean, Mulroney was going to win that election anyway, wasn't he? And if, and there, I don't um, think Natchev had much of a chance at all in that election. No, but the thing with the Ignatiev uh, mentioned from Leighton is that it propelled Leighton right into um, uh, in, in it made Leighton uh, all of a sudden suddenly relevant. It appeared, it, but it wasn't it wasn't immediately apparent to those like me who got paid to analyze those things because um, I'm, I'm not talking about everybody, but I think uh, most of the uh, parliamentary press gallery was fixated on Ignatiev versus Harper. Yeah. And I remember being told by a friend of mine who was not covering politics after the debate, boy, Leighton had a really good night. And I thought, yeah, well, maybe he did. But this is between Ignatiev and Harper. And, and that actually uh, catapulted uh, Jack Layton into the race. And um, it was the first step towards the NDP having a historically good um, showing and, and it become forming the official opposition. Now, you're right about the Mulrooney um Put down of Turner in '84. Mulroney was going to win that uh, anyways, but that that put the capper on it. Four years later, um, Turner, um, I, I believe, um, salted away a, a lot of his own legacy in that free trade uh, debate, and he won the debate in '88 against Mulroney. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't an, it wasn't enough to swing the election, uh, of course, but. He may have uh, saved his own legacy, and he, and he may have saved a lot of the party's uh, furniture of that night because that was a campaign where, you know, there were, uh, there were actual moves during the campaign to replace him as leader. 
and he performed well. He was, you know, ultimately, I guess we were all wrong on the fears about free trade because everybody backs it now. But you think back to 1988, uh, Turner turned that into a referendum on free trade with that um, claim that Mulroney was going to sell out the country with one uh, signature of a pen. So th- that was a, that was a riveting debate. I'm not sure. I'm not sure we're, we sh- should be expecting something like that on Monday. Is that what's missing in this campaign? I mean, you're right, because we seem to be going along here at glacial speed. Nobody seems to really want to gravitate to, to, to grab our attention. Uh, but you mentioned about, you know, that was going to be a referendum. That's what they made. It's going to be all about free trade. Uh, Jean Chrétien, on his return, uh, said it was all about the GST at that particular time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and we've had those, you know, those election issues where that, that's what's going to determine the election, your, your views on that. I don't know that we have one of those this time. No, I thought that uh, actually this would be a climate change um, uh, election, and it may yet uh, turn out to be that way. But there's there's been a lot of sniping about um, really trivial matters, uh, character matters. I, I I don't mean to I shouldn't have used the word trivial, but they're not going to. I don't think that um, we we've touched on anything that's really going to swing the electorate one way or the other. It's been a it's been a very strange campaign that way, and then everybody's promising everything, and then. Then all of a sudden we take detours and get bogged down on how many planes the Liberals have or whether Andrew Scheer was an insurance uh, broker. And, um, you know, that kind of uh, trash talking back and forth might be uh, quite engrossing and amusing for the likes of uh, political junkies like me, but I don't think Canadians are, are paying that much attention to it. So it's, it's really, this is like jello on a wall, uh, this campaign. I can't really put my finger on what it's all about. No, I mean, when these things come up, I like all they're doing is providing material for this hour has 22 minutes. Uh, you know, <laughs> those guys are going to gravitate to that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah this is a good campaign for them, no doubt. <laughs> but, but the element, I think, I think your point's well taken. Uh, you know, the, 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 the dual citizenship or, you know, and, and the number of things. If you don't like Andrew Scheer, if you're kind of skeptical about him, you're going to be even more skeptical about him. But I don't know, if you are a, a dyed-in-the-wool Andrew Scheer fan, I don't think this is going to turn anybody off. Uh, no, and I think you know you hit on something there. I think a lot of uh, support, uh, pro and con, uh, pro Trudeau, anti Trudeau, or, or pro Sheer, uh, was pretty well baked in before any uh, writ was issued. So, yeah. you know, and it's hard to get um, it's hard to get worked up about who might come in third place. Except, um, you know, uh, looking ahead to October twenty first, uh, minority or majority is is a huge question. As is who would be holding the balance of power. Uh, so. Um, you know, I remind you that in 2015, the numbers didn't really move. Uh, it was a much longer campaign, but the numbers didn't really move for the longest time. And then, boom, the, the, the dam broke after Thanksgiving. So, you know, I think, I think Monday will be, uh, will be crucial and certainly be well-watched. And there's always the potential that uh, a challenger's um, going to find a moment that changes things. Well, and you point that out in the article today, Tim, and in that campaign, uh, as you say, we were just kind of going along, going along, and Justin Trudeau actually, I think, outperformed what a lot of people thought in that first debate. Remember the assertion by the Conservatives was, well, you know, if he just shows up with his pants on, that'll be a good night for him. Uh, he did a lot better yeah, than I mean, that in that first debate, and I think he caught people's attention. He did, and and the uh, <clears throat> the uh, Harper campaign that was Corey tonight, strangely um, talking. You know, there are already low expectations for. Uh, uh, it was a low bar for Justin Trudeau in 2015. The expectations were low, and, and the uh, conservative strategists came out and lowered them even even more. Um, so that first debate, <clears throat> excuse me, that Trudeau appeared at, uh, he was solid. He didn't turn the uh, he didn't set the campaign afire, but 
he did establish himself as a serious candidate who could hold his own on that stage. Uh, and he was afforded a number of opportunities by the conservatives who wanted to basically debate him out of the um, out of the race. And the opposite happened. He got stronger in the debates as he went along. Uh, of course, fast forward to 2019, he's the uh, he's the uh, the leader. He's got the record of defense, so he's uh, not quite the enthusiastic debater that he was in 2015. Because it's never fun to debate as the um, as the incumbent defending a record because. You, you are the target. And Monday night, there's going to be five uh, people uh, targeting uh, um, Justin Trudeau from a very crowded stage. I mean, that's that's really the the way these things roll out, isn't it? Whoever is the you know the, the top dog is, is going to be the target of just about everybody. But yeah. with such a big field, though, Tim, do the other people do that at their own peril? You've only got so much time and so many questions to be answered. And if you're going to spend you know, 45 of your 60 seconds taking a shot at, at the sitting government, well, they're not sitting anymore, but at the past government, uh, instead of getting your point across, are you really winning anybody over? Yeah, it's going to be a, a bad, a tough dynamic for any of the challengers on Monday because that stage is so crowded. Um, you know, if you're uh, uh, Jagmeet Singh trying to get your message out, you're you're sharing uh, time with the, the Bloc Québécois and Maxime Bernier, and uh, your time is just uh, diluted, and you know that is going to be a problem. I think that I think that stage is is uh, way overcrowded. Um, but to your point about everybody um, firing off at the um, uh, at the incumbent or or the the representative of the governing party, you know the funny thing about the debate in French this week is that um, Andrew Scheer became the uh, the punching bag yeah. uh, of everyone. He had a he had a demonstrably bad night and he, that allowed Trudeau to easily hold his own and that's all I've, it's tough I shouldn't say that's all but that's what Trudeau's got to do on Monday in English is hold his own not stumble uh, and, and and not go down any dark alleys but uh, hold his own uh, and defend himself because it's it's virtually impossible for the um, the, the governing the, the incumbent um, to score points because you, you've just got to fend off uh, too many slings and arrows coming your way. Yeah, you're you're playing defense through the whole thing. But I'm, I'm wondering yeah, about the yeah. I'm wondering about the strategy here, though, Tim. Uh, for instance, uh, yeah, it's the, the the easy uh, strategy here is okay. Let's all take a shot at the, at, at, at Trudeau because he was the prime minister and it, it's his record. But if you're Maxime Bernier and and you're trying to win support over. Uh, you can tear down Trudeau if you want, but there's nobody who is leaning liberal that's going to vote for the, the People's Party. But there are, there are some conservatives that may go that way, and I already did. I mean, that's where Bernier came from. So does he look at Scheer and say, maybe that's the guy I need to go after to try to get some votes? And likewise, Singh and, and in May are, are neck and neck right now. Do they, you know, that that could be the balance of power. It, it, the easy that's shot right. is to go after the big guy here, but, you know, there there are fights within that fight, too. Well, uh, first off, on, on Shear, Shear has got to try to tear down Max Bernier uh, very early in the evening and then leave him alone. And I think all the other parties will, will just essentially try to ignore him as best they can. There's, there's, there's no percentage, there's no points in, in taking on Maxime Bernier. Uh, uh, but he does represent a, a threat to Andrew Shear, as you know. <clears throat> this is not good news for Shear that he's on the stage, but... You know, if I'm Elizabeth May or uh, Jagmeet Singh, I, I I take one withering shot at Bernier and then and then pretend he's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm also if I'm the NDP, it's easier said than done. But um, you don't want to spend a lot of time 
uh, sparring with Elizabeth May because you wanted to let voters know and your supporters know that you were still focused on um, on the two uh, uh, leaders, the conservatives and the liberals. Um, you you want to give the impression that um, you are the third federal party, not Elizabeth May and her Greens, and you don't want to start debating Elizabeth May. So, you know, it's tough because you want to shake her. Um, she's certainly running even in many polls with the NDP, but the NDP doesn't want to give her too much credit by engaging with her. So, um, you know, and the same goes for uh, the Greens. Although the Greens, I think, would probably still go at the NDP because there's more growth potential for the Greens. So um, I, everybody's got a different strategy. But uh, ultimately, you know, Andrew Shears, I think, got up his game. I don't think he's had a very uh, strong campaign. He seems guarded. Um, you know, I, I think if I was advising him or one of his handlers, I'd say, uh, you know, let it loose. Loosen up a bit. Uh, he looks a little he, too buttoned down, uh, and I think that's that's hurting him in this campaign. With that in mind, uh, not everybody's going to watch the debate Monday night or listen to it here on CHML, but they will hear the newscasts in the subsequent days after that, and, and as we know, mm-hmm. those sound bites can, can make or break a campaign. In other words, I didn't see the whole two-hour debate but I heard this clip that they kept running over and over of candidate whatever, and boy, they, they sound like they know what they're doing. Uh, so is, is uh, to, with that in mind, uh, you mentioned earlier about, you know, the knockout punch. Maybe not a knockout punch, but that line that's going to survive after the debate. I mean, I, I'm sure they've got writers back someplace in the back of the bus as they're campaigning today saying you got to come up with that zinger. Yeah, historically... Um it takes it seems to take a couple of days for um a consensus if there is a consensus to to uh come together um it it rarely happens that night or even the next morning and i think you're right i think it's the um accumulation of um clips on tv or the uh, uh the internet or you know uh, a couple of days of, of calling us saying boy didn't he or she have a bad night or, or you know, somehow sometimes images just stick. I mean, body language is important too. I mean, if you, you know, if you look like you you've been caught in the headlights, uh, you know, that 2011 intervention by Leighton against Ignatiev was good, but the the bonus there was Ignatiev uh, had no response. He looked he looked completely bamboozled, which was strange for all of us because you know the the, the news about his attendance record in the House of Commons had been on the front page of newspapers like two weeks earlier. You would have thought yeah. he, he yeah. would have been ready for that. So, you know, it's it's a question of uh, being prepared and uh, knowing your file, and it can only it can take one bad fumble um, and, and that builds uh, over the days. You know, it's it, it's a strange phenomenon, but the, there's kind of like a groupthink um, um, takes hold and all of a sudden, in 48 hours later, it's yeah, boy, uh, he sure won that debate, even though it might not have been that apparent to anybody watching it in real time. It, well, they're they're tied essentially at the top right now. So, do uh, you see a swing here? You mentioned about that English language debate four years ago, where where Trudeau did pretty well. Uh, got a couple of good shots in at Mulcair. Mulcair started to go down in the polls. Trudeau went back up, and that seemed to be the beginning of that ascent. Is, is it too late in the game to see that sort of a, a, a massive change right now, or are we going to stay neck and neck right through until the 21st? Uh, I, I think there'll be a, uh, I think things will start to move um, <clears throat> next week, and I think things will continue to move after Thanksgiving. Um, 
I've, I've never covered a campaign in my life, Bill, where the numbers just haven't changed. There will be a break. Um, I'm not going to predict which way it's going to go, but uh, somebody is going to take control of this uh, of this election, and I think we're probably going to see it start next week. There's two debates next week. There's that traditional Thanksgiving thing where uh, everybody has another extra glass of wine and argues about politics over the uh, the dinner table during a campaign, <laughs> um, and people are going to just start to think strategically. Um, and I think you're going to see. I I I predict. I've been wrong many, many times, but I predict the numbers are going to start to shake loose um, after this English debate, and we'll continue to do so for the rest of the campaign. There's only two weeks left. Well, and I was at an event last night. It had nothing to do with politics. It had to do with uh, Rob Hitchcock, the retired Tiger Cat, who's going up on the Wall of Honor here. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of political talk there, and that which is highly unusual. But then I thought, no, this is just around the time of a campaign where people are starting to pay attention, starting to read the brochures, and, and starting to form opinions on this stuff. Uh, yeah, as I said, at the top is there hasn't been really anything to grab the passion of um, uh, or grab the imagination of voters. But um, you know, I don't think we're going to see quite the turnout that we saw in 2015. I don't sense the same enthusiasm. Uh, Does, doesn't that hurt Trudeau then? Yeah, it could hurt Trudeau, and uh, you know, he, I don't think he's going to get quite the um, the turnout of young voters that he would have four years ago. Uh, no doubt that hurts Trudeau. Um, but on the other hand, you know, uh, when you look at these national numbers, Andrew Shear is piling on, as you know, in uh, Western Canada, where there's, you know there's nothing left for him to, to do out there. He's going to sweep Alberta, probably uh, come close to sweeping Saskatchewan. But uh, it's the regional numbers that we have to uh, take a look at. Uh, you know, the Southern Ontario, 905, uh, Quebec, Lower Mainland, and BC. That's where. Uh, the seats are, are going to determine uh, whether who wins and whether it's a majority or a minority. So, uh, you know, those are the numbers that the campaigns are looking at, is, is their regional numbers. But, um, you know, I, I don't hear as many people. I, what I hear from a lot of people is what I heard from people before this campaign six months ago. Uh, I, I can't stand uh, Justin Trudeau or I can't stand Andrew Scheer. Um, and that's a little unfortunate because I don't hear anybody saying, wow, uh, Trudeau sure deserves another four years, or what a great Prime Minister Andrew Scheer would be. It's very negative, and it seems to be baked in. Uh, Trudeau is clearly polarizing, uh, and in his own way, so is Andrew Scheer. So it, you're going to have a lot of people, I think, voting against people uh, when they go to that ballot box, and you know that's probably not an ideal way to, to, to choose a government, but I think that's where we're headed. It's uh, called All Challengers Up for the Debate. It's in the Toronto Star today, or you can check it out on the website. Tim, always great to get your perspective. Thanks so much for this today. You too, Bill. Thanks for calling. Take care. Tim Harper. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.